Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. The late-night edition of the Judd's Hockey Show Zolgad, Declan Goff, as always, and uh, we come to you after a 4-1 to wild victory, uh, back-to-back wins against the Coyotes. Uh, with this win, the Wild pulls within three points of Colorado, which has been on a COVID break, unfortunately, for them. 61 points for the Wild, 64 points for the Abs, Dex, who will be back in action tomorrow night. Uh, and the Golden Knights are playing right now, and they're at 66 points in 45 games. They'll probably be at 68 uh, in 46 games by the time this night is done. But, all right, lots. there was a lot to like tonight or a few things to like, and there was a lot not to like, which included a uh, a start by the Wild that was underwhelming. It sort of looked like they thought they could just sort of show up. Hey, we're playing the, we're playing the Coyotes. We dominate them. And um, the Coyotes came out and dominated the first period for sure. But let's start in goal because what we saw tonight, and by the way, I still think Kapokakinen needs to play, okay? So I'm on – we both have said that. Like, he needs to play some. That being said, what we saw tonight from Cam Talbot, and I thought this was especially true in the first period as he made a myriad of uh, great saves, that's the type of goaltending performance that sets the foundation, Declan Goff, for a goaltender to carry you to a playoff series win, like his play tonight. This this is, for all those years that Dubnik started to scuffle a little bit and allowed weird and bad goals, if Devin Dubnik's in goal tonight against the Coyotes in that first period, it's five rip at the end of one, and that game is done. Cam Talbot stood on his head, and while I don't applaud how the Wild played in front of him, um, I think – if you're the wild, your takeaway, if you are Everson or Garen, is you got the type of performance in goal tonight that makes you feel very, very good about what you could get in goal in the playoffs. And how long have we talked about the wild someday, and this might be it, someday having a goaltender who can basically backstop you and stand on his head to at least a series win? And I, I think with Cam Talbot, too, um, look, we've seen guys like Devin Dubnik come in here and play very, very well. He's stolen games from them before, uh, stolen games for them beforehand. But there is just something different watching Cam Talbot than it is with Dubnik. Um, and look, Dubnik has the longevity of success. Uh, Cam Talbot has a long way to go to maybe challenge Devin Dubnik on a lot of the records and a lot of the things that he was able to do during the length of his franchise. But Judd, I don't know if it's just because he doesn't give up the fluky goal. There is something, even with, with Dubnik, even when he was playing at his best, I always was, was fine going into a playoff series, but I wasn't confident he could steal you a playoff series. The way Talbot's playing right now tells me he can steal you a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to win 16 games to get to a cup. Can he steal you a few games and get, and get you a series win? Absolutely. Um, can he carry the whole shoulder of the load and get you to a Western Conference Finals 
or get you all the way uh, to the Stanley Cup, that that's a different task. But right now, from what I have seen from him, yep, there, there, there there's a, a comfortability there that I know he's going to make save after save after save. And to your point, yes, that still means Capo has to be rotated <clears throat> in here successfully and and in, and in the right in the right ways. Um, but there's something about Cam Talbot when I've been able to just seeing him play every day. It's a different feel from Dubnik, and it's a better feel. It, it honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's a better feel, and it, and even though that's only been what twenty five, thirty games he's started so far this season, you know he's your number one goalie right now, and you're comfortable going into a playoff series. So I, I think the key thing about going into the the playoffs, Declan, I think the thing is is this: there's a difference between a team that, that can have that can make the playoffs and a team that can advance in the playoffs, right? And and it's elements of your team. And it starts ordinarily in, in goal. And the Dubnik wild teams, I don't think you ever had to what you're saying. I don't think you ever had the impression that he could carry them to a series win. I'm, I'm not t- talking m- multiple wins. I'm talking to a series win. And I don't think that when, when the playoffs came around, e- even at their very best um, with Parisi, Suter and that crew, even at their very best, those wild teams, I didn't think had the proper components to, to have playoff success. They didn't have the right depth. They didn't have the right players. They didn't have the right um, um, help in goal. They do now in goal. And, And look, there are, there are definitely some deficiencies that I think will probably cause them uh, well, I think that if they play the Golden Knights in the first round, that would definitely cause them, in my opinion, to be ousted in the second round by the abs. I still think that. But what I like about this team is I see them heading in the right direction now. And and if they can solidify center in 2021-22, right? Because, I mean, if you look at the back end right now, goaltending, you're confident in, right? Yeah. You're very confident in. Yes. Defensive core. You're confident in. I mean, that's they've got six defensemen who are pretty damn good, and four or five that you love, right? So, like, we're starting to, we're starting to see the components that aren't just, uh, hey, we made the playoffs. We're starting to see the components of, oh no, these are guys who, if you put them in the playoffs, which are a different animal completely. Like they're brutal, they're taxing, they're long. Um, you're starting to see this put together as a team that you're not going to be shocked if they win a playoff series. And at their very best, it didn't shock me when the Wild won a round, but like, did you ever go in, into a second round Blackhawks series and say, I think they're really going to win? Like, you hope that they'd play well, but I have much more confidence in what I see being established now than I ever did, I think, back then. Yep. Um, there was two moments, uh, I guess, the, the two times they made it to the second round against the Blackhawks. The one time where they pushed them to six games, the other time where they actually were still swept uh, in four. I never was confident that they could, uh, that they were the favorites and that they could actually steal this series. I thought they could compete. I thought they could give them fits. I thought that maybe they can match up well in a night and steal a game or two. And to be honest, that is the peak of this era. Like, I'm I know the Wild made the playoffs seven, eight years in a row, whatever it was before a couple pauses here and there. But that that is the peak. And the peak was a sixth game in a second-round series. Uh, we were just talking with Patrick Royce this week. 
a run in the playoffs is not a first round series. A run in the playoffs for hockey, and at least we're, if we, at least we're, if we're talking hockey and basketball, is a run to your conference finals, to the mm-hmm. final four, if you will. Not to the final eight, to the final four of your conferences. Now, this year it's different. We have mismatched divisions for, for a one and done kind of situation. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident going into a series against Las Vegas, knowing I can give them fits because I've shown that this team has given them fits. If they get to Colorado, now I still think they're going to be overmatched. If that series started tomorrow, I still think they're overmatched. I think Cam Talbot can steal them a game or two, maybe push it to five, possibly six, but I think Colorado walks away with that series win. But I will say this. Let's say it's Vegas, and let's say the Wild upset Vegas and they meet Colorado in the second round. I think it's a completely different ball game then. Um, You're talking about a team that is now – has, has banded together and has won a big playoff series. And, and with how volatile and how, funny enough, how how uncomfortable Colorado probably is with Grubauer and how you could probably expose him, that's your best chance to win that game. Like, or Dubnik. Or, or Dubnik, that's for, for that matter. be the too. ultimate, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that The funny part with Colorado is it's their goaltending that you could say, you know what, it just takes one bad night, one or two bad nights from Grubauer, and the Wild can win, or, or any team for that matter, not just the Wild, any team can probably steal a series from them. Um, I'm for the first time very, very confident that the goaltending has put this team in a position where they can go in and, and, and steal a series. And even when Victor Rask, my God, is dragging down Kirill Kaprizov, yeah. Kaprizov by his own damn measure goes out there and says, "No, no, no! I'm getting this goal. This goal is mine. I'm going to score it." The three to one goal tonight, and, and I tweeted this as soon as he scored it. The three to one goal tonight by Kaprizov. Um, I tweeted, he just made in, in one fell swoop, one in one series of plays that culminated with that goal, he made about three different plays that no one in the 20-year history of this franchise previously could have made. Like, he made about three plays. The way he drags the puck, he gets that shot off from the slot like it's nothing. And it's a good shot, but I mean, he drags, he changes his, his, the angle of his shot. Like I changed my socks. It's like, yeah, I just changed the angle. I mean, do you know how difficult that is to do? Um, The wraparound goal. Do you know how difficult that is to do? His ability to get shots off, like we've talked about, in a phone booth when the stick is right up against his chest. I mean, all of these things. Think about, think about. God bless them. All of the players in the previous twenty-year history of this franchise who have worked their asses off to try and be good, or or some have. Um, but if you think about this, this is why I keep coming back to: we deserve this. We deserve this. Us North Star fans got Mike Madano yanked out of town to Dallas. And it's not like it it had been a plethora of great players, right? And now it's Madano and he's no but Mike Madano was a generational type of talent and 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 at the age of what, twenty two or something, he was all of a sudden gone. We deserve Kaprizov. We have never seen we haven't seen anything like this in forever. And in seeing that goal tonight, which was – and the incredible thing, Dex, is it's 2-1 to one wild. And they're going to win. Like you think to yourself, they're going to win. And Kaprizov is like, no, I'm going to take control right now. Yep. Um, it, it, it's, it's so difficult for me to describe – because I've watched so much crap in this town. It's so difficult to describe what it's like to see a guy – in a Minnesota jersey, 
do especially hockey do those type of things yeah it's really remarkable look at the graphic that they showed the other goalies that have that he now set by the way he passed Marion Gabrick tonight and it took him 45 games now you and I have mentioned the fact that it he was playing in Jacques system if if Gabrick had full reins even as a young pup at what 1920 when he came to the league if he wasn't playing in a trap system Gabby probably does score 25 30 goals he was suppressed, but he still scored a good amount of goals at a very, very young age. Kirill Kaprizov came in as I crack one here. Um, oh, very nice. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov Give came in right. as a prolific scorer in the KHL. And even though he's older and people like to throw this shade, well, he's 24. Like a 23-year-old, 24-year-old shouldn't be winning the the Rookie of the Year award. I can't stand it. Oh, like, okay. I, I, yeah. And, and I, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's – no Minnesota sports fans really saying that or falling on falling into that fun trap. No. It, it's it's people outside, but for the people outside who say that, look at what this franchise has had in terms of this kind of player. It's rhetorical, as what I'm trying to say is it hasn't ever happened before. He, no. he the the three rookies he has passed in 45 games are Marion Gabrick, okay, a very very good player, maybe not a Hall of Fame player, but a generationally very very good player. Good the team. other one was Pascal Dupuis. Just a solid NHL career, you know, played 15 years. I think good he supporting. won a cup in Pittsburgh. He did. Good supporting player. Good like, supporting he was a good player. supporting type of guy. 100%. Absolutely. And yeah. then the other two on that list, Justin Fontaine. Justin Fontaine, who was Duluth, a, right? a college hockey stud and, and was burnt out in the NHL in, in three to five years. And mm-hmm. then Jordan Greenway from a few years ago. This team has never had a rookie that is not, not just a rookie, but a player of this magnitude. So anyone who has seen this before, um, and I know there's a lot of people, even we're seeing in our YouTube comments, people from Russia and people who are Kirill Kaprizov fans who are watching us. Thank you, by the way. Uh, this is Judd's Hockey Show. Hit the subscribe button um, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, keep coming back because we will talk plenty will. of Kirill. I, we, it, this was not planned. Judd and I looked, uh, texted each other right before the end of the game and said, you know what? We got to talk about this. We can't wait till tomorrow. We got a packed show on Score North on Mackie and Judd and Perfectly. Let's get after it right now. And mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov truly, truly is a special player. Um, it is it's remarkable to see. He takes the game over even when Victor Rask is literally dragging his butt down. Question for you off that. Um, yep. Because for the playoffs, things are going to have to change. When do you – and I, I look, he might not be completely prepared for it, but it's going to be time soon. When do you flop Rask and Sturm? Because – Sturm made another made another play tonight. Oh, Look, yeah. he's just he's faster, he's more skilled. I, I I'm sure I'll get the well, but Rask knows what he's doing. He's he's more responsible. He knows. He's okay. Not. First of all, he <laughs> plays sound to sleep sometimes, okay? Yeah, yeah. So he's not. You're right about that. Um and I understand that Sturm on that fourth line plays against other fourth line guys i get all i get all of the problems that you can present me but victor rask rarely applies himself um he is at times asleep he has some shifts that are epically bad and the problem is he's not fast enough or skilled enough to make up for the problems that he actually can cause himself sturm is a work in progress too but the pass that he made to, to, by the way, Fiala. So not just another lucky – it wasn't a lucky pass to Breezy who barreled into the goaltender and knocked the puck in. Right. The pass that he made on the play to Fiala, who backhanded the puck top shelf, it was a great play from both guys. 
is the type of play that Sturm can make. And these are the type of plays in a playoff series against skilled teams like Colorado that you are going to want um, Kaprizov and Fiala to have the opportunity to score off of. So when do you make the change and promote Sturm um, off the fourth line? Because Victor, Victor Rask is the poster child for a guy who, if he's going to play, personally, I wish he wouldn't, but if he's going to play, should be on a fourth line. And Sturm might drive you crazy, and you might have to talk to him constantly. But Dex, the talent, the speed, the skill, this is a developing player who deserves to be rewarded. He was benched for a long time, or he was benched. He sat out. He has responded very impressively. Yeah. It's uh, he's a, he's a damn good player. I think he's got a nice little bright future here. He's still got a mountain to climb that he's not going to just be handed the first line spot, but his pass to Fiala tonight. And I know even at the end when, when, uh, yeah, we'll, let's get into that quick. Yeah. The pass to Fiala who in Fiala drives people crazy. You and I were talking before too. I see it in my Twitter mentions. I see it in my Twitter timeline. Why can't Fiala just stop the dumb turnovers? And you even, you even, you and I were texting saying, imagine if he brought, the smarts to the game and the the and the applying himself to the level he should every night he could be he, he could be could be as good as a Marion Gabrick maybe not as good as Kirill Kaprizov but he could be a truly big difference maker on this team right now he's just a really he's a good player he's a good yeah, player absolutely um, and he's gonna score postseason goals for you I know he will he plays pissed off he plays with his head on fire I know he makes some dumb mistakes here and there but I'm telling you it's worth it. It's absolutely. Oh, he's got to play. I just wish he would do it uh, every night. Yep. Oh, he can bring a ton. Yeah. yeah. And I'm. I and if if Sturm can elevate him a little bit here, all right, cool. I'm gonna. I'm game. I'm for that. But to answer your question back to Rask, yeah, what do you uh, do? I I just I I don't know how much longer you can do it. Um, he he is just horrendous. The only reason he's playing right now is because he can win a faceoff. That is why he's playing. Because he can win faceoffs. That is as legitimately. I and at least for my money, the biggest reason why he's still out there because this team has struggled winning faceoffs all year. Um, he's somewhat been okay on the power play, but again, that's why I called him a power play pony. He's a pony. He's a pony out there because yeah. there's only one place for that pony to go, and it's be on the power play and be effective. Nick Benino is succeeding on the Nick Benino is succeeding he, no, on the power play. He's in that front presence. He's yeah. good. Raskin's on a lost. No, right. Benino's been Benino has been. I think he's been fantastic. Rask is Rask just sort of is out there and gets lost. And you're right, it's because of faceoffs. But I mean, he literally. I don't know if he thinks he's good or what, but like, look at the amount of times he makes bad plays or falls asleep, and it's like, dude, you're you're acting like you really belong on a top line. Like, what are you doing? Like, you should be embracing this opportunity. Um, but I just, as far as the playoffs go, Dex, when you're playing the Golden Knights or Abs, like Sturm has the ability. He's going to screw up. Don't get me wrong. But but to, to go back to, I, I think we talked about this on, on the last Judd's Hockey Show. Um, I think the Erickson Eck line is going to have to match up with the McKinnon line if they play the Abs, right? Because like th- those are your, that's a pretty damn good line. And Eck is... I, I love him, and I think he brings. I think he he brings what we thought for a long time as his play started to tail off that Koivu did. Like I think Eck has the goods right now, um, but if you can if you match the Eck line up against the McKinnon line, now you've got to also have some skill on other lines. And I'm sorry if I'm the Avs and you and you are playing 
um, Victor Rask with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. I'm going to come give you a big wet smooch. I'm so happy. Here, here, but Sturmwood creates a problem. So I really do believe. Here's what I think you do, and some of our commenters are pointing this out too. Nick Bug said it's going to be coming back here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you basically scratch Victor Rask and insert Nick Bugstead. Okay. I think I think that is the ifdo de facto switch. I but don't I don't mean, want Bugstead on the top no, line. Yep. I don't want that either. I want nothing to do that. And I think actually Nick Bugstead has carved off a nice little role as a bottom six center and and has gotten comfortable and 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 can thrive in that role. At this point, with the Wild essentially locked into the three spot, I mean, they, they would have to tail off not to get the fourth. They'd have to also go on a run and get help to get to the second or third spot. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. So you're going to, I would rather see Nico Sturm get an elevation spot yep. to see what he can do with the top. Line. You may as well try it. And, and, and especially against um, the bottom feeders. You know, I know they still got a, a good amount of games, I think, still against Vegas and St. Louis. But you may as well try this out now. Like, I don't want to throw Nico Sturm first time game oh, one of the playoffs against Vegas. That ain't going to happen, right? And that would agreed. just be recipe for a disaster. Agreed. So try it soon. Try it soon. Scratch Victor Rask um, and put in Nick Bukestead and go from there. How about this? Uh, this uh, okay. take you scratch Rask. You take Sturm and put him with uh, Kaprizov and Mats on that line. Now. You're right. It's going to take some time, but I still think the sk- I think the skill and the speed could be fun to watch materialize. And then the fourth line, Benino goes from right wing back to center. Parisi on the left, Bukestead on the right. So Benino's taking faceoffs then, but I do think you could do that, and that would give you the option then of of one. You wouldn't have to play Rask, and to what you're saying, you could at least see Sturm in that role. So if it's going to be a disaster, you're tipped off to to that because you, you're going to play St. Louis still a ton, and the Wild definitely has its problems with the Blues, so those games should be pretty good and pretty competitive. So they would give you a really good feel of where things stand playoff-wise. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's five games left against the Blues, there's like right. 12 or 13 games left total, right? And I believe five are against the Blues. Um, I also want to get to this because this is a guy that we don't talk en- enough about. We both think he's great. Um, but, you know, it occurred to me in seeing the goal, the goal that he scored tonight, which put them up two to one, that this is really the guy that we had hoped Charlie Coyle would become, and he didn't, and we've talked about – Greenway being this guy, and he hasn't been. He's not a bad player, but he's certainly uh, not what we thought he might be. And that is Felino, And Marcus Felino. I mean, if you had told me his first year here from Buffalo, when I thought he was a complete disaster, okay, if you had told me that he was going to develop into basically the heart and soul, which I really believe he is of this team, uh, that he was going to b- become – that he was going to become the power forward type that you had hoped, seriously, Charlie Coyle would become. I mean, this was what you wanted. Guy drives to the net, applies himself all the time. Um, He's not a sexy player, but he's a damn good player. I would have said, you're crazy. I would have said, you're absolutely crazy. And it is to his credit that Marcus has become exactly what we had hoped somebody would eventually, which is that absolute talented but 
a bull as well. An absolute. And that goal he scored, he was not going to stop. Like he, yeah, he was, he was going to score no matter what. And the respect, I mean, he crashed into the boards that his job sort of stinks at times, I'm sure, but man, he has made himself into a really, really good player. I mean, just looking at it right now, Judd, I mean, he, his per game rates, everything is up. His goal rate is above his career rate, his assist rate, his points rate. He's not really shooting as much as he has been before, but he's finishing in front of the net. And by the way, I don't need Marcus Foligno to shoot a lot. You know, like I, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not conglamoring for Mike, Marcus Foligno to start dropping clappers and putting more pucks on net necessarily. And I think he knows that that's not his role necessarily. Right. And I want him, if he's going to score goals, it's going to be bulldozing towards the towards the goalie and getting a nasty, dirty goal and falling on his keister and, and falling to the corner of the ice and celebrating that way. Let me ask you this, and I think I already know your answer. If it's the expansion draft right now, and both Felino and Jordan Greenway are exposed, who would you rather the Wild don't lose? Like, who, 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 which one would you rather have the Wild keep around? Would you rather? I know Jordan Greenway is younger, but yeah, gun no. to the head. I'm who not losing want, Who do you want on this team more? Felino, 1,000%. He he is largely, in many ways, Dex, this team. He is now Kaprizov's your star. And I love the kid. I mean, he's he's fun, I'm sure he's well liked. But when when we could go in that room as of two years back, how many times after typical wild defeats, right? Dubnik sieved out, not his fault. Everyone had an excuse. Koivu was surly, right? Marcus Flano would stand there. And he wasn't he was good, but he wasn't that good at the time. Certainly not the player that he's become, Declan. And Marcus Felino would stand there with the recorders in his face and answer every question and be as truthful as possible and not try and deflect of, well, they've got to do this or, you know, they've got to do that. There was no BS. Um, and I think we both said, wow, that's impressive. Right. That's impressive. I would go so far as to say that this that this team can't on or off the ice afford to lose him because he has become the heart and soul. And look, he is the captain. Okay, the whole Spurgeon thing's fine. I don't care. Jared's a really good player. Um, that was a a ceremonial type of move. I think it empowers Spurgeon more. So, like, I'm fine with that. Uh, but the real captain of this team is quite clear. And and the players that Garen cleared out and the fact that Koivu is gone has created such a change here, such a change. And I can tell you right now that if Koivu had begged to come back and, and previous regimes would have said, okay, here's a one-year contract, the Wild would not be where they are tonight because the dynamics of this team have shifted and what Marcus did, you know, two years back of basically trying to be honest and and critical, um, I think that that was sort of met with, uh, well, that's not how we do things here with the Wild. And now it's how they do things. And it's incredibly important that things have changed. Yep. He means a ton on the ice. When he got here from Buffalo, um, you know, he was coming off a nicer season. He was still in his mid-20s. And you thought, okay, let's see what he got here. You know, they, they, they immediately signed. He was an RFA when they got his rights, and they signed him to a four-year deal. And it was kind of like a classic Chuck Fletcher, like, 
you're going to sign a bottom six guy to a four-year deal? Like, what are you doing? He comes in here that first season. He's just his play is replaceable and not noticeable in a good way. And you thought, like, oh, great. Well, we got this for three more years. This will be fun. And then all of a sudden something, yeah, something clicked in year two. And you thought, oh, okay, a nice serviceable player throws his weight around, isn't afraid uh, to get in front of the net. He's not going to score any sexy goals or score a lot of goals for you, but I can see it. And then that off of the ice chemistry started to develop a little bit. And you went, oh, oh, this is this is legitimate. And even when you and I have had Bill Guerin on the, on the, on the horn before, on the podcast before, and when we have been able to talk with him about how much Felino means, when someone like Bill Guerin is praising what Marcus Felino means to the room and means to the team, he means it. I like look. I think Garen's done a very good job of what mastering executive speech. You know, when he's doing interviews, sure. and he'll talk in circles just like any other front office uh, exec would. But the way he talks about Felino, yep. I don't think that's fabricated. Yep. I don't think that's GM speak. That dude and and and, and a player like Bill Garen who knows what it takes to be to play at an elite level and to know your role too, because that was his career, knowing his role and knowing what I'm supposed to bring. That's why Marcus Foligno means a whole lot, and that's why I also wouldn't be surprised, too, um, if he does get an A. And I know those A's are occupied by 11 and 20 right, you know, yeah. right now, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He is an ifto de facto captain. And, I, and whether how much we make a big fuss over who actually has the actual C on the jersey, that's always fun in games, and we can debate it. But Marcus Foligno is the heart and soul of the wild. And I've changed my tune there because of this, okay? What frustrated me previously was that Koivu thought he was in charge, and I don't think it helped things. Like, I, it, like so, so Koivu had a control that, to me, was counterproductive in a lot of, of ways because he was surly, and he was, and I don't really think he, I mean, he, he, in his prime, was a good player. I really liked him as a player. But I don't ever think that he was the type of guy who who you looked at and said, that's a captain. Um, And so I rebelled against him being captain because as his play declined, it made no sense, okay? Now, Spurgeon's fine. I mean, Spurgeon's a damn good player. And I I don't think for one second that Jared Spurgeon being captain of this team is a counterproductive thing. I think it's absolutely fine. But the real power structure or the real structure of who leads this team to me is really clear. Felino is the captain. Benino, Ian Cole. Like those are the guys who have won. Those two have won cups. Four cups between them, all in Pittsburgh. That's incredibly important. And they have, I think, a calming presence and intensity. You, I don't think that everybody gets what it takes to win. And you can tell, Dex, when you see guys that get that, that they do. And and so to me, um, those three guys, and, and especially the guys with cups, are instrumental in how this team plays. And you know what? You know what? Tonight, Tonight's a prime example. Because you come out and you do not play well. And you sort of look asleep, like like that wasn't a, that was not a. Well, they're trying hard. That was a wake up. Previous wild teams go down four rip, right? They come out in the second period, and they run around. And this is why they became the furious rallies because they were always like, oh my god, let's try and catch up now, right? And you were like, what are you doing? Look at tonight's game, Dex. First period's lousy, right? But it's still close. Game's still close. 
Second period, what happens? I guarantee you, Benino and Cole Foligno said, wake the bleep up. Doesn't mean that we're going to come out and play a great game, but we are in this game. Our goaltender just stood on his head. Wake up. And what did they do? They escaped with a victory that they in no way, shape, or form deserved. And here's the most important thing that I'm going to say about that. It didn't feel like a fluke. Like it didn't feel like they didn't have three pucks go off guys' asses. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe. No, they came. What did they do? They regrouped. They still didn't play great, but they came back. And that win to me did not feel like a complete fluke. So so this is all of what, to me, has shifted so much in a year or two away from the wild teams that I used to criticize constantly, and they drove me absolutely crazy. And I felt the dynamics in the room stunk. Yep. I feel like Garen has done the most important thing, and that is he changed the dynamics in that room. And by doing so, you win a game like you won tonight that you probably shouldn't have won, but you still did it in a professional fashion. The Furious Rallies were not a professional team. They were a ragtag bunch of guys who decided they'd, they'd get, no, I'm serious, they'd get kicked in the ass by Boots or by Yo, right? And then they'd be like, okay, now we're back. Now, it's like, no, you're not. This team strikes me as a self-police type of team, and and in hockey especially, the intangibles are incredibly important. And that's why I talk about the room. That's why I talk about how hard guys play. And you can see it when they play hard and when they don't. Yeah, it, he, they, they definitely mean a lot to this team in Cole and Felino and Benino and Bukestead, as I do my best LaPanta there. Um, a lot of people were a little confused why you traded Greg Patter in for Ian Cole. And you're, what do you swap in penalty killing defensemen for penalty killing defensemen for? Why and and why is Ian Cole making more money? And why this doesn't make any sense? Why are you doing this? Because Bill Guerin had a plan and knew what it takes to have the right ingredients in that room. And Greg Patter, and let's be honest, Oaks, and now he's been on his third team. I think he got waived from Colorado. Um, he was a got traded to Sharks. You're right. Yeah, he was a replaceable player. Ian Cole has won a cup before. Um, you know, Nick Benino has won a cup before. Mm-hmm. Th- those are important. The 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 previous core group, the you know, I, and I hate going back to it, but the Zucker, Grandlin, Coyo, Niederreiter group, it was a nice and fun group, and they were fun to root for, and it was all great and gravy. But then when the leaders were involved, also didn't set a great example and had never been there, done that, those guys were set up to fail for failure. They were set up for failure from the get-go. And that's where Fiala and Kaprizov, um, are now are literally excelling, and they have guys in the room like that who can just kind of take that take that weight off their shoulders. Jared Spurgeon too. Spurgeon, I'm sure, is a quiet leader and quiet captain, but Jared yeah. Spurgeon is not going to all five foot nine of them, and I'm just as tall as him is not going to stand in front of the room, thump his chest, and say, "I need this from you guys every single night, and I need this right now." Just not his style, and that's again, that's not a knock on Spurgeon. I'm not trying to say. Just because Spurgeon isn't that guy, that makes him less of a captain or less of an important player in the room because I know he's an important player in the room. But the guys like Foligno and Benino and Cole, they know what it takes to win, and that's why they're here. Exactly right. Yep, and I mean, this team is so different and so much more positive to watch. And Kaprizov, too, here's what I love as well. He works his ass off. He plays like he's on the fourth line at times as far as the work on – on the boards. I mean, do you know how simple it would be for that kid to just use his skills and be like, yeah, whatever. I mean, he boxes guys out. He goes and into the corners and makes plays and he's strong as an ox. So he comes out with a puck. Like what he does. I I can't, 
I cannot say enough um, as far as the praise goes for what he brings every night. And and that's why that's why Fiala is frustrating at times, because you're like, if you even like applied yourself to a, an nth of that degree, it'd be incredible. But um, yeah, it's impressive. It's fun to watch. Uh, and in this town, we deserve we this. It. That's oh all. God. No, we deserve this. Yeah, I know. I'm Embrace you. it because we deserve this. Do you know how much? Do you know you too? All of you out there, do you know hockey wise what we've been watching for 19 years? I mean, one run, 2003. It was premature. It was great fun. But keep in mind too, in 2003, this sport and this league was nowhere near this fun to watch. Like these games now, the skill. I mean, if this was 2003, Kirill Kaprizov is being held and hooked and checked and pummeled and mauled. That's no fun to watch. So this is, this is great. And, and I hope the ride can continue as long as possible because it is the type of thing that after, after watching the twins collapse, oh I, I saw, saw this in our comment section after watching the twins collapse. Um, my hope there is going down quickly so if if the wild can keep us occupied well into june guess who's not going to complain you me or anybody out there no this is good this is good for we we deserve this right now in minnesota sports um and darn straight as we're recording this late right now the wolves are wrapping up a game and actually they're they're making a a furious rallies type of comeback here apparently they like to rally they like to do this a little bit 120 it's 122 to 121 with a minute four left okay and ricky rubio is still out there Victor Rask and Ricky, have they ever been seen together? Because I'm starting to think they might be the same person. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. So I wouldn't. I don't know if I can do that to my guy Ricky. I don't know if I can. I can go that low. That Rick- flat shot. He won't stop <laughs> taking it. I mean, I'm bad, but oh uh, yeah. It's it. Look, the Twins are an absolute mess right now. Uh, I think both you and I are ready to uh, thump our chest that Alex Colome needs to be removed as closer tomorrow and rub it in Phil Mackey's face. Um, th- th- this baseball team's a mess. The Wolves, even though they're playing more fun basketball the last few weeks, they aren't going anywhere. No. This is the wild. This, this is the wild's time right now, and they deserve it. They absolutely is, isn't the wild's time by default. By the way, the wild have earned this spot with Minnesota sports fans, and I, I'm excited for it. This is the first time, probably in the since like the first year of Boudreaux and the Wild had a really nice season uh, to start, and then I know they got Jake Allen by the Blues. But this this is probably one of only three or four seasons that I'm I'm genuinely excited about as the playoffs are creeping up. Yeah, I was gonna say when when's the last time that I was this confident this late into a season? It might have been I hate to say this, it might have been the, the year that they got Marty Hansel, I believe it was yeah, at the was, deadline. That was the first. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was always prepared, Declan. Back then, I was always prepared to turn on that team because I didn't like it. Like, I didn't like the players. I didn't like, I didn't believe in them. I'm telling you, seeing a goaltender who's playing like Talbot is right now changes things so drastically, so drastically. Because the starting point of the game tonight is if he does not play like he did in the first period, they get blown out. Mm-hmm. They get blown. It's, it's, uh, it's not as bad as, but it's probably, you know, like they they give up what nine goals to St. Louis a couple Fridays ago. If Talbot struggles tonight, they give up seven goals. So anyway, yep. 
big win, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that we'll continue these late-night Judd hockey shows as things progress towards the playoffs. And then once the playoffs start, stay tuned for big stuff. Don't know what we're going to do yet yeah, yeah. exactly, that's, but stay tuned for big stuff. Yeah, I, okay, I think we'll, we'll have some uh, good stuff in the can there as, as they as they. Uh, <laughs> it's a wild uh, legend. Yeah, stuff in the can, pun intended. I think uh, both Judd Zolgat and I, and you know, you just know those puck drops are going to be the nine. We're going to get the nine o'clock puck drops. You just oh, because we're in the Midwest too. Yeah, yeah, yeah get we'll them. we'll get the uh, we'll get the eight. 35 which will become nine o'clock because the first game will go to ot oh yeah yeah we we are in for some late nights all right we're done Declan, do your thing pass shoot score did you know that 61 percent of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with embark embark your dog with embark's dog dna test to get hundreds of actionable health insights you can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.